What did we just watch, Kevin? We just watched Puffs, the off-Broadway live recording production. On Broadway HD. On Broadway HD. It's Puffs or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic and Magic. Yes. You know the one. He's got a kid. He's got a scar. There's some wizards. Yeah. (laughs) Bad things happen. Girl and boy wizards. Yes. Girl magic and boy magic. Yes. (laughs) Um, we can actually say what this is because we're, we're not trying to produce puffs. I mean, they say Harry Potter a lot. They say so Potter. I don't know if they ever say they Harry Potter. They said Harry a Did couple times. Okay. Not Harry Potter, but they said Harry, Harry and or Potter. Potter. <laughs> um, so this is... It's a play that uh, we discovered. I, I don't know how I found it originally. It was random for one of our Friday night play readings, which we've mm-hmm. been doing throughout the... Pandemic. pandemic with several um of our friends and family and we mainly just try to stick to scripts that are light in subject matter and or comedies because mm-hmm. we have enough real life to worry uh, about <laughs> yeah that's a little weekly escape um yeah so somehow you found this yeah i found it um i i was i just sometimes in my spare time i go look for plays that are funny and interesting that we can buy a copy of and do for our script readings yeah. so um yeah this one seemed funny uh, and it was it lived it was. up to my expectations it was a lot of fun to read it's one of my one of the favorite plays that we've read mm-hmm. um in our play reading series is very easy um well, it was hard to do it as a reading because so many of the characters are doubled. Yes. So we had, you know, half a dozen people playing two, three dozen roles. Yeah, which well, I mean, not three dozen. I don't know. A lot of roles. Several. Um, yeah. But the doubling is in the script, too. Yeah, like, There's a is. lot of, of doubling of roles that have one line or show up briefly, never to be seen again. And what they can't say for copyright reasons is that it is inspired by the Harry Potter novels mm-hmm. by jk rowling yeah, it is it is a parody of them i would go so far as to say mm-hmm. it looks at the side characters that are so side that they don't even appear in the mm-hmm. in the novels um and taking it's about the hufflepuffs mm-hmm. which they just call the puffs, puffs. Um, because the hufflepuffs are not given much space in no. novels uh there's no real characteristics yeah they're the other kids <laughs> They, they weren't the Slytherins, the Gryffindors, or the Ravenclaws. Yes, the evil kids, or snakes, sorry. Yeah, they're Braves, Snakes, Smarts, and Puffs, as they're referred to throughout mm-hmm. this production. Well, eventually, uh, the, the snakes are referred to the kids who look like they're about to throw white wine in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to me, is kind of like a, a Real Housewives reference. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like most of the Real Housewives, having never watched a second of the show, would probably be in Slytherin. Well, yeah. I mean, you just think of that meme. Yeah, the cat. The cat and the the Real Housewife throwing yes. um, things. Uh, it, Yeah, so it's recent. It had its world premiere in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this production um, was filmed in 2018. Yeah, so it's, it's relatively new. So taking a look at the puffs, it covers quite eloquently 
all seven novels. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that way, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Rudyard Shakespeare mm-hmm. companies. Yeah, I, I felt very much the same. The idea of... What's the play called? Um, the Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged, Abridged is their most prominent. They've actually got a handful of shows. Mm. They've got The Bible Abridged or The History of the United States Abridged. Um, but the Shakespeare one, I think, is is their masterpiece. Most well-known. Yeah. Which, if you're unfamiliar with that, it's three people in about two hours putting on all 30-something works of William Shakespeare. And, you know, gets gets the main just across yeah. of, yeah. of each one. You know, you get an idea of what's going on. Um, I we we read this play after a lot of the controversy around Rowling and mm-hmm. being a turf happened. Yes. Uh, turf is a trans exclusionary radical feminist. Specifically they don't believe believe is that the word I, they, they they tend to treat trans people, really trans women, because their 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 transphobia really is focused their transphobia ignores the existence of trans men. Well, no, they include trans men in the space of women. Yes, it ignores that they're trans. Yes. <laughs> they they are the people who bemoaned the fact that Elliot Page came out as trans and non-binary because that meant there was one less lesbian in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, they're, they're very transphobic against trans men as well. Um, but it's a quieter transphobia. Whereas, for trans men. For trans men. The transphobia against trans women is the... We're afraid of men because we think trans women are men in dresses. In dresses, they they, they are they be proponents of the bathroom bills. Oh yes, so. they have been pushing for the bathroom bills. They fight things like self ID laws, which allow you to just say to the government, "Yes, I'm a woman, so my paperwork should match that." Um, and they use without getting too far into the the turf. World, they use the exact same arguments that were used against gay people twenty years ago, mm. but this time they just point them at trans people instead because mm. um, they gave up on that fight. Many and the the feminist part of that of trans exclusionary radical feminist um, is also, I think, a bit of a misnomer, but they call themselves feminists. Well, no, they're they're feminists in the sense that they're biological essentialists, like a, a what what they would call woman's biology, yes. which to them is ovaries, vulva, two X chromosomes, two X chromosomes, uh, more estrogen than testosterone. Mm-hmm. That that is, defines a woman's experience. Mm-hmm. Women's lives are very cyclical, based on um, periods, yeah, hormones, and hormones. Having children, raising children, mm-hmm. um, which no trans person is saying that those things don't affect someone's life <laughs> or experiences. Um, but that doesn't keep any trans pe- trans women from being women or trans men from being men. Or cis women. I mean, there yeah. are cis women who never menstruate. There are cis women who never get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, or have or have children, whether through yeah. pregnancy or adoption. Or yeah. Um, so so it's it's <laughs> a, deceptively they don't think it through really. Yeah. Uh, 
think women as a woman is a universal experience. And yes. Like all things, it's more, more complicated. It's much that. more complicated. Anyway, that was a nice tangent to say that yeah. when we read this, we, we could tell everybody it's okay. It's an unofficial. Yeah. <laughs> J.K. Rowling gets no money from this. Uh, no money. But what I, <laughs> this is a really long tangent to say, after watching it, rather than just reading it, I realized that how much of my experience of the play came from the references I was making to the books and the films. Yes. And how that that's still like you've got to go back and watch the films and the books to completely get the play. I think mm-hmm. you would enjoy it if you don't have Yeah, but it's it is very much built in the cultural knowledge of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. If you did not grow up reading Harry Potter and watching the movies, this play does not work. End of sentence. <laughs> It'll be a very different experience. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think it would work without that. Because I think, and I think Harry Potter has existed to the extent that it is now part of our public imaginary, to mm-hmm. use a word that I read in a PhD dissertation. Uh-huh. Um, in the sense that it is, it is a myth that we tell ourselves. It is part of our story and that can be true independent of the hateful beliefs and actions of its creator. But we do have to be wary of promoting things that give her money. Give her more money. (laughs) Yeah. You can, you can go to the wizarding world of Harry Potter, but remember that that's where your money's going. It's 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 complicated. Yeah, I'm not it's saying you have to like completely stop, because um, so selective. I feel like uh, I just say that Harry Potter now has no author. Yeah, it just appeared in thin <laughs> it air. It just appeared. Um, a lot of people are gonna have have trouble letting like go or not mm-hmm. having it with their children, and I think that's okay. Yeah, like, you still... they have they have internalized it. It has become a part of their identity, and that's. Yeah. Fair, and it's not like this is the first piece of art to be made by a terrible person. Right, so you have to live with that you like the art, mm-hmm. you don't like the artist. Yeah. And you oh no, be... that sounds like, it... hate the sin, <laughs> not the sinner. Oh no! Oh no, we've come full circle. Oh. Um, and there is, it's always a decision someone has to make on their own. We're not going to prescribe how you interact with the world of Harry Potter, or puffs for that matter because i can watch this i think fully divested from any acknowledgement of jk rowling that's easy enough for me to do but what i also meant and you brought it up is because harry potter is so much more of the the public imaginary the cultural imaginary there was Mm -hmm. my dissertation but i i'm not the first to use it oh that's where i first read it Um, that people would pick up like they certainly would pick up on who Harry Potter is, who the red mop represents, yes. who the other, like, blonde... Yeah. Blonde uh, evil kid. <laughs> no, the the blonde mop um, with lots of lots of hair. Yes. Uh, I don't know what you call that. <laughs> Strands, Strands of... Strands of hair, yeah. <laughs> of hair. The other goofy wig. Like, they're gonna know, they're gonna know... Yeah. And Severus th- Snape, they're gonna... Like, the houses are well-established enough. Like, people know generally that they fall into four categories. Brave, smart, snake, and other. 
you know, yeah. that's just, that's a, a modernish equivalent of what's your sign is what's your house. Yeah. It's your, um, Myers-Briggs. It's your yeah. Enneagram. Is that that's what, Enneagram? That's what the new kids are doing. Enne- Enneagram. Enneagram. Which one? Enneagrams. Ah. Uh, ha. 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 Yeah. Um, so this is, we should say, you know, 15 minutes in, this is our first impressions, <laughs> sort of. Um, we didn't rehearse or practice any of what we were going to say. We did read the play a number of months ago and are now watching the, the film production for the first time. And we will spoil everything? Yeah, but, I mean, if you've read the books or seen the movies... Yeah, there's, you know. there is one thing that I think could be spoiled in the context of this play. Okay. Um, and I'm going to spoil it right now. Okay, turn the, away. The main character dies. What? Yeah. Meaninglessly. But Harry Potter dies. And, and yeah, but he comes back. Because <laughs> he is important. Uh, and I think... I appreciate the play's willingness to do that mm-hmm. um, and and sort of own, like, no, this isn't a story where things turn around at the end. Mm-hmm. Nope, this is a nameless kid who dies at the end. I mean, not nameless, named Wayne. But, yep, he's dead now. Well, that's the seventh book as well. Like, a lot of people die. Yes. Like, it's not, it's it's dark. It is. Um, I do think, if we're going to talk about the seventh book, I feel like the scenes of this play set in the seventh book or some of the weakest of the story. Mm. I feel like it was a lot of like, we can do it. And now we're running around and dying. Mm-hmm. And that happened so much that it was just, it was no longer telling a story. Through it was the, just over and over again. Yeah. Fight scenes. Which to be fair, book seven, a lot of the same things happening over and over again with out any forward progression. So maybe mm-hmm. that was intentional. Well, I think part of it too is, um, director. I know it, as a non-director, directors mm-hmm. hate that word, but pacing. <laughs> um, this was excellently paced. Yes. The, uh, the whole thing. But there's this moment kind of in either the sixth or seventh book when they introduce the dark wizard where everything slows down. Yes. And I think because it's recurring three quarters, two thirds of the way into the play, when you're kind of getting tired already, yeah, that that slows down the rest of the play. Agreed. And and it it I don't know if that's an intentional, but I think that might be playing into what you felt in the yes. final scenes. It act it absolutely is. It's it, and it's around that time that Voldemort shows up, or Voldy as they the call him, Dark Wizard, the Dark Wizard who we don't talk about, we don't talk about, <laughs> uh, shows up, and yes, does. The play slows down there, which is tough when it has been so snappy. Mm-hmm. Um, almost too snappy, I feel like, sometimes. Mm. Um, watching it, I was like, there is no room to breathe in this play. Yeah. Um, which is fine and you and can work, but when you're getting to two hours long, it's... You're starting to get a little tired. You're getting tired. Because we didn't, we don't have an intermission in this yep. production. Um, it is the the real version we read is presented in two acts um, with room for an intermission, which right. I think would help. But it would be a huge interruption to the pacing that this particular ensemble of actors in this production, yes, yeah, had, had set. Absolutely, um, but it is nonstop. Like there were, there was not room to breathe for laughter a lot of the time. 
Um, there were jokes that would just get tossed off and then moving on. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of uh, audible response from the audience for a lot of stuff. It, I I could, I feel like the audience was probably engaged. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell from a film, um, but they were engaged. But yeah, there's no laughter or boos or awes. Yeah, I say the most we got was the um, I believe it's Zach Smith is the character's name, mm-hmm. the the frat boy who does an improvised monologue every night. Yeah. Um. That was the best paced scene. Well, he's, he was waiting for responses. Yeah, no, he was he was he was given that time to breathe while still being snappy and and recreating the story of twenty seven dresses live on stage, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Like that was very funny, um, but I think that was like the peak of the humor working really well. Mm-hmm. Because he was working with the audience rather than blowing past them. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you could see the wizards on stage breaking, which was just just a little funny. It was funny, and then at the end, they show different versions mm-hmm. of his improvised monologue, and the characters are always breaking. Oh yeah, the actors are always breaking. Yeah, because they have no idea what he's going to come out and say. Every time, it's always and there's it's clear there's like certain beats he has to hit, but other than that, it's just whatever he wants to do. And the the script we were reading has four or five different monologues that he used on stage, uh, never doing the same one twice, which. Very much feels like a bit that came out of the production process, like mm-hmm. when they were when they were developing and this, and they just kept it in for, for <laughs> which is fine. Um, usually, you need to cut those bits, but I think it worked here. Oh, and solidify a few different. Episodes. Well, no, I just I think like dramaturgically, nothing about that scene matters. Mm, it's true. It is just stuck in there. It is just stuck in there. Um, because you had the actor there who was doing it, who was killing it 98% of the time, I suspect it was able to sort of get past that. But the, the setup for that scene is Wayne says, I want to join a sports team and do something normal. And then he goes to tryouts and we get this improvised monologue and nothing and happens. And nothing happens. Nothing nobody makes the team. It's all over. We move on. Nobody has feelings after not making the team. Yeah. And for a show that is surprisingly character driven, being, you know, covering all seven Harry Potter books in 90-ish minutes, um, does a really good job of making sure we're only paying attention to the things that matter to these characters and to their story. Having that scene is out of place. Well, and also I only knew, I know we read the play, but I, I don't always, I don't remember the plays we read on Friday okay. nights because I'm so tired. Um, but if there was a, a caption that came up mm-hmm. on the, the screen that, that explained that he was improvising it yes. every time. And if that wasn't there, I would have thought it was just scripted. Yeah. If I was just in the audience. I mean, there might've been a note in the program, but I, as I've learned, audience members often don't, they don't read the at, programs. Look at the program, but um yes and i think if i didn't know it was improvised if it was just part of the story it would be worse <laughs> but knowing it was i enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah oh I, again i still think it was one of the best paced yeah. scenes i think it was one of the funniest scenes in the play because i can remember it because i can remember it and because it had that context um so i'm not saying it needs to be cut 
but it very much feels like a piece of the script that got left in far longer than it would have in most developmental processes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a dramaturg would, would say this isn't doing what you want, which is advancing the story. (laughs) You think an American theater company has a dramaturg? (laughs) I want them to. They need one. Everybody needs a dramaturg. (laughs) I just want to reiterate. I really enjoyed the show. Oh yeah. I really enjoyed the script. I think Kevin did too. If you go get a seven day free trial to Broadway HD so you can watch it. Just reiterating that we pick everything apart, even the things we really love. (laughs) Yes, I'm picking apart my favorite scene in this play that I really enjoyed. Because that's what I do. Yes. Um, what were some other things you liked about it? Um, something I didn't get from just reading the play was how much they would pull from the movies. And they, only because it it doesn't textually pull from the movies. They did in the characterizations. So mm-hmm. the actor doing Severus Snape was doing Alan Rickman. Doing, Rickman yeah. doing Snape. Um, the Professor McGonagall actor was doing maggie smith mm-hmm. um and i i liked that i liked that they changed out the dumbledore from the first <laughs> year to the second year and they second made the third or second yeah. <laughs> because that was a, an actor change yes. in the films uh and then they make several comments about the headmaster looking exactly the same yes it's the same person the same the same person um i thought their their impressions are characterizations of those actors playing those roles was really well done Mm -hmm. um speaking to also that the actors um were using their whole bodies everything available to them as actors their voice their gestures yes um stances postures uh quality of movement to Mm -hmm. create many different characters and since many of them were like playing maybe 10 mm-hmm. different different characters i always knew who they were yeah and often in rapid succession yes um there was there was one scene i think it was one of the years where we were getting a, a, a bevy of professors back to back to back and it was one actor standing on stage and there was someone behind her changing her costumes mm-hmm. while she just stood on stage and played four different professors. I didn't even catch that. It was so smooth. It was. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah, because she it must have been year three because she did like Trelawney and like two others back to back. Well, I think it was the same two actors. One played all of the male professors yes. and one played all the female yes. professors. Um, I believe that is correct. And I believe that's in the script that we have as well. It's listed yes. that way. Um. Yeah. All the all the male professors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Potions teacher, Professor Turban, history teach, Professor Lockie. We don't get the fun names in the in the. For copyright reasons. Yes, they're all named different things. They're not uh, named. They're they're actual they're, names, they're, but you know who they are. Names. You know you know what we're talking about. Um. Yeah. I, I. This is the type of performance I would love to show intro to theater students for mm-hmm. like non majors, so they can see how theater is a different medium for film. Yes. Because now this is a filmed theater show, mm-hmm. and that's a whole different genre that a lot of um, performance scholars are, are getting into and giving that. Oh, that's neat. Um, starting to theorize around that. Yeah. Um, but they're not... It's one set. They're not changing any set pieces. Mm-hmm. They're doing all of the storytelling via the actor's body, the props, 
and costumes and (laughs) yeah uh, and then lighting effects sound effects Mm -hmm. as well so it's presentational it's non-realism yeah but you still are able to buy into all of it you don't need it to be realism for that yes (laughs) and i i always felt as teaching non-theater majors uh, even in some theater majors because a lot of university theater programs are so geared towards realism Mm -hmm. and kind of secretly prepping them maybe for tv film although that's they wouldn't say that well no you still need some more acting yeah i I call it neck up acting that's Mm. what i see from a lot of university um productions but yeah the the, the, these students have never seen theater like this Mm -hmm. yeah and it it was really good examples of all of that. Plus, it's fun to watch, which is not always the case with good acting. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, it can be hard was, to watch. But... Uh, well, it can be. I, I always think that plays really do take a lot more energy to watch than most films. Unless it's like an artsy film, and I don't like artsy <laughs> films. I respect them, but I but usually, hard to watch. I usually don't want to watch them. And uh, I think that sitting in a theater is the same way and mm-hmm. watching even watching the filmed mm-hmm. plays is takes a lot more energy and a lot more paying attention yeah i would agree with that so. and i don't remember where he's going with that um theater's but, a different art form yeah check it out we like theater oh that it was still really fast paced and yes. uh it did help alleviate some of that work mm-hmm. that takes into watching it although i was getting tired in the the second hour yeah again because i think it was dragging a little i think i because it said they said it was 90-ish minutes at the start but the actual full length was closer to two Two hours hours. and i think it could have been tightened up in the second half those second act problems second act problems didn't even have a second act (laughs) so he was talking about second half problems in theater even though a play can have two five five, yeah acts but we talk about the third act problem in film yes which is a different problem (laughs) although kind of the same problem it is kind of the same (laughs) it's like okay we didn't we didn't figure out where we we were going with this finish this part yet (laughs) yeah i i definitely enjoyed the willingness to poke fun at the harry potter universe Mm -hmm. and not hold it as sacred and sort of go like, this is a really dangerous place for kids. Right. Like, this was a lot for 12-year-olds to take on. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very true of the Harry Potter universe. And no one, the books don't really ever acknowledge that. Or the year where everyone is, you know, sexy or everyone's broody. Yeah. Which, I, which brought a new perspective to the... I, I read the, I think, the books once when, as they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read them as an adult, but... That put a new perspective on. Very accurate. (laughs) Everyone's snogging in sixth year. (laughs) Very moody in the fifth year. Yes. Um, Herbology is the only thing the potion students, or the the puffs are good at, which was hilarious. I love that joke, because herbology is sort of the puffs of subjects. Yeah. That's what Neville Longbottom was really good at, I believe. Although he was in Gryffindor. He was was referenced. He he did appear. And his mic didn't work that which, a couple times, Mike's didn't work. Which was rough. Um, that's live theater for you, though. Well, I was still impressed the way the mics worked as, mm-hmm. as well as they did. Yes. Um, this was a really subtle joke. Yeah? When they went down to the village 
mm-hmm. the village from the castle. I don't remember. That's all Hogsmeade, they called it. Yeah. yeah. And they were all drinking uh-huh. um, their beers. I noticed they had Land of Lakes labels on them. And it took it till it appeared uh. the second time, <laughs> like much later in the show. Where I was like, oh. That's a good joke. That's butter a good beer. Joke. Land of Lakes butter. Oh. You're right. That's a real good joke. Very subtle. Yeah. Very subtle. Yeah. A bunch of 13-year-olds getting drunk. Yeah, I never thought that butter beer had alcohol in it, but... I don't think it's ever established one way or the other. That's that's fair. It it made for a funny scene. Yes. It was a funny scene. As they progressively get through the different stage of drunkenness. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I think there's, there's something interesting structurally with trying to do a story in seven parts in a two-act play or in a 90-minute play that if you do it fast enough like they did, you don't notice it. But, and if you don't know where we're going, again, you know, if you've never seen Harry Potter or aren't familiar with the work, would make this feel very uneven, mm-hmm. I think. Um, there's, there's no arc to speak of. Like each of the characters has an arc, but there's not a story arc, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have, uh, is it Megan Jones, mm-hmm. sort of goth grunge kid mm-hmm. who like has a story with her mother and like accepting who she is and being a puff and like that has an arc to it most i actually think that's the strongest arc of the story mm-hmm. um is struggling with who her mom is and wanting to not be a puff and then coming to terms with the fact that she's a puff and actually being okay with that mm-hmm. and then you have wayne's story which is it's i want to be a hero but i know not everyone's a hero the end and then i died um which is fine as far as these things go like i don't want him to be a hero by the end like i don't want that story um but there's relatively little growth of him as a character and then the third friend has zero growth like Mm. throughout the entire story he's good at math that's the joke and there are no math math classes classes. at magic wizard school yeah no math here um and he gets a big moment at the end where he gets to use a protractor like that's that's the whole arc of that. So I I feel like you have to just not stop and let the audience think about any of that. Because <laughs> you walk away from it about 10 minutes later and you go, wait, what happened in that? Mm-mm. What What was going on here? Which again, is fine. Like you don't need an arc or a, a structure in that sort of way. But I think it, maybe keeps this play from being elevated beyond a Harry Potter parody. Mm. If that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, it is kind of described what happens besides the secondary characters and it covers all seven novels and so mm-hmm. you kind of see glimpses of the main plot points yes. in the novels. But they're puffs. But that's, they're puffs. And that's, that's and that's fine. Um I think I'm comparing it to some other, like, theatrical parody work. Um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern comes to mind. 
um, you're in town comes to mind actually which I don't know if you've ever seen I, I my college did do it okay as an undergrad um, but it's been I I don't remember we read Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in our Friday night play readings I don't remember it at all yeah, I have no idea what happened that's fair um, neither do Rosencrantz and Guildenstern so uh, they die at the end well they're dead they yeah. can't um but those sorts of things that are very strongly based in another work, um, I think, and people would argue with me on this, I think You're in Town is very much built on the back of Les Mis, mm-hmm. but I think it surpasses just being a Les Mis parody. Um, I think you can enjoy You're in Town without any of that extra context. I've never heard that take on You're in Town, so... oh. Really? But I don't Maybe that's know. just me. Maybe I'm I just I'm projecting onto that. Um, I, I am not. I've never read any scholarship on yeah. here in town. So. I don't know that I've ever read that. I've just always felt that, um, which is weird. Because um, I think stylistically it's very, it has moved outside of being a parody. So you don't go, oh, that's a parody of a thing. Like, you can't watch this and say, oh, this, is a par- this isn't a parody of Harry Potter. Like, this doesn't come more than that. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Parody can be great by itself. And there's an art to it. And there's a skill there. And this made me laugh a lot. But it did not transcend at all. Or works of Edgar Wright, you know, who, who is absolutely parodying action movies with odd fuzz, but does something more than just say, isn't that fun? I think. I sound like I don't like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> to reiterate. <laughs> like, I'm even sounding to myself like I don't like, well, Kevin, why didn't you like this play? I no, didn't I have did. any of these thoughts, but not. Well, I, I think, don't always have my, my super critical brain yeah. on. I think about parody a lot. Just, I'm a big Weird Al fan. Um, I see so much terrible parody on the internet that I like to think about, like, what makes parody good mm-hmm. and useful and answers the why this why now sort of question um, which in the case of puffs my answer for why this why now is because the cursed child is terrible that's that's my answer as to why you would put on puffs which is enough of a reason mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which they do make a couple jokes about which i appreciate yes. well and i think i haven't read of the cursed child script mm-hmm. or seen the show we ha- you read the script I have and it's terrible it's, it's clearly not garbage <laughs> written by um with playwright play yeah. a theatrical play in mind but people really enjoyed it um largely because the apparently the special effects were just spectacular yes, I have heard that and you compare this to this little this like, little show that just has a ton of household props yeah that you can find and how engaging yeah, and map, like wonderful yeah, mops and hockey sticks yes and i think weirdly um i think this has a structure very similar to cursed child um in that there is a lot of the same like structural critiques i have of this where like nothing really happens and we're not going anywhere and new things pop up without expecting to and what it what why it, this guy died that's a big deal um, literally there is a, there's a mirror to Cedric Diggory's death in Cursed Child and it's of a character that had about as much character development as Cedric Diggory did in the books. 
but it is treated as like this sort of big horrible thing and i'm I literally said when they died who was that like i had to go back in the script to find them again i'm just getting mad about cursed child again um yeah and to be clear don't like cursed child but no we did like Puffs. yes i can have the well and the, the point i was making is a good show can have some of these same structural critiques that i do but this leans into it and acknowledges it and plays with it in a way that cursed child stumbles into accidentally cursed child thinks it's a good play (laughs) this knows exactly what it is Mm -hmm. and that makes it better that's what i think also i mean we said the acting was really good can we talk about the actors themselves were all Mm -hmm. amazing yeah Every, single, Every one. single one of them did so much to bring these people to life that I immediately fell in love with all of the characters, mm-hmm. which is hard to do. And I understood them even even uh, when they were doing group puff scenes. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you their individual names, but I could recognize the individual puffs. Yes. So they weren't just nameless. They all had different personalities and mm-hmm. different kind of joke lines. Yeah. Through, through lines throughout the... Now, do you remember Jay Finch Finchley? <laughs> or Jay Finch Finching Around? Um, who was a character in the Harry Potter books. Like, that was the close, one of the other few named Hufflepuffs that we get yeah. in the series. Who does get petrified and then never brought up again. <laughs> I couldn't... They keep calling him imaginary, so I couldn't tell if he was a ghost or real. And I'm not, I don't think he could either. No, that was, that was part of the joke. He just it's know. like, oh no, my imaginary... I also loved the bit where all of the ghosts had the big fluffy ruffle. Yeah, like that's how you identified them as a ghost. <laughs> yes, they also had little fairy lights on them, yes. so it made a nice effect. That and then they was... wiggled their robes to make them look. I spooky. loved the little arm wiggle <laughs> to like kind of replicate that they're floating. Yeah, they're ethereal and floating. And that's what we talk about when you talk about acting with your full body. That's the sort of stuff that sells it. <laughs> I liked, I liked that Cedric was a rock star. He got the character development he deserved. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Cedric was robbed in the actual Harry Potter he books. Was, now he was just a plot point he to was die. Just a plot point, um, which is is strong commentary on Harry Potter. Because I think maybe I'm editorial. Of course, I'm editorializing. I think the Harry Potter books are not well written they are good i think they are fun and popcorny but like it's like someone read joseph campbell and then wrote a book hmm. i can't comment because i don't you remember the writing yeah I well, certainly the, wasn't the, thinking the writing that. was very is very workmanlike it's very and Rowling herself gets better as she goes on because mm-hmm. she is learning how to write over the course of this seven book series. Um, and I think her post Potter works generally are better written than her Harry Potter stuff, which is fine. Uh, but it's one of those things that like becomes very easy to poke fun at like the hero's journey. Like Harry Potter is literally born a hero <laughs> That makes him super magical, and he struggles with that destiny, but ultimately comes to embrace it and knows that he is the most important child in all of wizarding history, which is kind of ridiculous. Is that a line from Puffs? Or you... Not specifically. Okay. 
Um, it could have been though. <laughs> I was, I enjoyed that. Um, Wayne comes to the school and he's talking about, I, I consume, you know, I read all these books and movies about this ordinary boy who discovers their secret, re- secret. Yeah. They're the most important thing in the world. And they go on to, on all these journeys and they grow as yes. a character and then they save the world. And yeah. that was a, that was, that was a very specific jab at Harry Potter. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's also very Star Wars. It's oh, yeah. Dune. It's, it's Joseph like Campbell. All of this. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm fascinated after this is super tangential. After watching the It's Lit video on Dune, I have so much of a weird like brain space because apparently like the later books, the later get books fix all of the problems that I have with Dune, which doesn't make Dune a good book. <laughs> but like, what? If it's if it is three books, then I'm fine with that. If it is, you know, Lord of the Rings, and you can't just read the first Lord of the Rings book and feel like it's a complete story, that's cool. But I'll back up and say it's lit is a little short uh, digital series on um, PBS, PBS digital, digital Studios, studios and yes. it's hosted by Lindsay Ellis and Princess Weeks, and they analyze literature. Yeah, very broadly. Very broadly. Yeah. Um, sometimes very specific diving into a single book, sometimes covering whole genres or histories. It's a real good show. Made me appreciate Dune in a way that I had not previously. Uh, I gotta say, I like the special effects. I noticed in the credits that Matt Cox did the sound design, and now that I look at the play again, I just see... He also wrote the thing. Yeah. No, 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 I know that he wrote the thing, but I thought it was interesting he also did the sound design. Sound design. Yeah. Um, the cues... Were amazing. Calling this that show stage manager. would be so hard. <laughs> yeah, because they got it. A lot of, I mean, the actors hit the cue mark at the same time that the sound and the light yeah. cues go. They have to. Uh, it is highly coordinated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our cat just. <laughs> Knocked everything over. And we're live. Uh, including the microphone. Please excuse <laughs> our liveness. She's acting like oh, nothing, nothing happened. happened. Everything's fine. I don't know where my phone went. That's that's just what you get on uh, Five Degrees Between Us. Yeah. We're live. Um, it's like unedited. a stage show. You gotta go with yeah. whatever happens. Uh, another joke I really appreciated that they did not make a big deal out of. But um, the student from Sturm and Drang, Victor, Victor Crumb, who's not, again, named um, Durmstrang, sorry, is the name of the school. Not Sturm and Drang. That's a famous phrase. It's a German, German style. Yes. But the school is named Durmstrang because J.K. Rowling isn't actually that great of a writer. <laughs> She's Okay. But, like, she can't come up with, like, clever names beyond, like, they're German. We'll call them Durmstrang. Anyway, um, I don't know if they're actually German or not. But Victor Crumb's lines were all quotes from Dolph Lundgren's character in Rocky 3 or 4. I I totally didn't get that. and, And he's got, like, six lines, but they're all the... I can't remember the guy's name, the Russian in the Rocky movie where he fights a Russian. Um, they were all his lines. That was just a funny bit. Just 
that's all it was. I appreciated it. Um, one of the things, the lines work regardless of whether or not you knew that, but they were funny. I didn't know that. Especially if you so did. <laughs> made me laugh. I saw stereotypical German, Russian, Scandinavian. Yeah, East, East European something. Somethinger. Yeah. A cold country. Cold country. Um, yes. He's you know, like, I will break you, I think was the most important one. Uh, the joke about staring at the lake for three hours. Yeah, I, I do remember that one from reading the play, too. I'm like, oh, yeah. Seeing it from that perspective. <laughs> just just going to watch a lake? Because oh, in the book, okay. you see all the things that are happening yep. underwater. But nope. never thought of that. Well, spectators. Well, yeah, I just, we're just going to watch this lake for a while. Cool. Um, I appreciate that Harry was played by a woman. I think that was cute. Mm-hmm. Um does it? It wasn't. It didn't say anything. Like, literally, anyone could have played Harry. Not mm-hmm. that anyone had the capability to play Harry, but the character was so thinly sketched in this production for that reason. Um, that why not have a woman play it? It doesn't impact the story at all. That's fine. Yeah, she got to fight with a mob. I don't. I mean, I assumed she was playing Harry Potter the character but As i guess male, yeah but i guess harry potter in the world of the play could have been a woman well i, I think I just... they they use he him pronouns oh, to okay. refer to him so it's it's not that the character is female it's that the actor was female yeah but they don't do anything to hide her female signifiers no yeah. when weirdly like her costume was almost identical to one of the other characters she was playing, which yeah. actually was a little confusing a couple yeah, times. Yeah, like, sure. oh, she doesn't have glasses on. Okay, I have to pay attention. <laughs> it was actually a bit of a struggle. I'm like, what? what's Harry doing in this scene? Oh, it's not Harry. Um, yeah. Anything else you have? I don't, I don't have a lot more thoughts. Those, that, was, that was basically what I had. Those are the things that I... Yeah, Real fun I show. Enjoyed. I really enjoy it. I definitely recommend, if you can see it, if they put it on. Yeah. When... The, the, the after get put time. on again. And meanwhile, yeah, watch it on Broadway, Broadway HD. HD. Yeah, or pick up the script. It's also a fun read. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was gonna say it's also a great example of how a script is only one part of a play. Yes. It's not a complete work of literature on its own. Mm. Even though we treat them as such, we often treat, especially the canonical ones. Yes. Um, we treat them as just. As, as kind of a piece of literature first. Yes. Then you could perform. You can perform it if you want to, I guess. Um, this this is a good example of how it's only a piece, how you need the actors and, and all of the elements, theater languages, mm-hmm. to complete to make the picture. It, yeah. And, yeah. That's, I think, a very good point. Um, yeah, I'm real, glad I, I'm real glad we watched it. It was fun. Yeah. Should we talk about the Patreon? Yeah, let's okay. talk about the Patreon. We have a Patreon. You can support us on Patreon with money. Patreon.com slash 5degrees. That's it. You know the website. Uh, there's a monthly, uh, it's per episode, but you can put a cap on how much. So if you only want to give $5 and we do 17 episodes. Because we're trying to squeeze you uh, for that sweet Patreon dollars. Then you're capped. <laughs> you're capped, Yeah. <laughs> Because we don't technically have a release schedule. We don't have any, like, we're trying to put out a certain number per year or per month or anything like that. 
what are some of the perks you get for being a patron? You get an unedited version, um, which is the before and after immediately. Uh, but even if you're not a Patreon, you are going to get to hear the bit where Kat knocked everything <laughs> over in the middle of this podcast because that won't be edited out. No, because I'm not going to put that much work into it. Um, and then you get a list of other things that we... Uh, Kevin prepares five or six movies that we could watch, although... Uh, Today, we didn't have that list. We just wanted to watch Puffs. We just wanted to watch Puffs. So we did. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly, you get the satisfaction of helping us keep making the thing. Um, your money goes towards things like podcast hosting and buying a domain, because we have our own domain now, 5degreesbetween.us, and uh, helps us buy movies and Netflix subscriptions and things yeah. like that, so we can keep making it. Um, the podcast will, of course, always be free, like podcasts should be, but if you want to show your appreciation... Be cool. Pay for a thing that no one else pays for. Podcasts? Yeah. Well, if you're on Spotify, you pay for Well, podcasts. yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, you, you can listen to free Spotify. I, wonder if, they, I wonder if they inject ads into our Spotify feed, because we're on Spotify. That's what they do on WordPress. It is. I mean, Spotify's not hosting us, though. They're just, yeah. they're just, they're just linking catching. to our RSS feed, because that's how RSS feeds work. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I don't love them making money off of it. Stop listening to podcasts on Spotify. Uh, yeah, it says <laughs> like we're we're not ingrained in the universe of of streaming yeah. music. No, we pay for at least one streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. But I also mostly just buy music. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's was everything on our, yes. our Patreon. Thank you, to Meredith. Who got uh, me a subscription to Broadway yes. HD for She's my a, birthday? A patron without being on Patreon. Yes. She helped support this show. Yeah. And thanks for Lexi for sending us a stub badger. Yeah. In honor of the puffs. Of reading puffs. Yes. I think that's all. All right. That's it. So we'll say Happy New Year, Happy New Kevin. Year. Happy New Year, Kevin.